0: All right, welcome everybody. It is great to see you this morning. It's a blessing to have you here with us at, uh, at Regen. If you're visiting today, we certainly hope that you uh, feel welcome. I know we have some special visitors today, which I will, uh, I will uh, announce to you in a few minutes. We've got a lot going on this morning. We have some exciting things that we're going to do. We're actually going to spend some time this morning hearing from the team that went down to minister in Peru Um, Both on the recent trip as well, we're welcoming the Petricks back with us this morning to share with us about the ministry down there. Um, And uh, there's lots of moving parts today, so I know you're going to bear with us. We've got everything. We think all of our ducks are in a row, but whether they stay in that row, we're just not sure. Um, Josh is going to share with us from the word at the end of the, uh, the service today, so you have that to look forward to. Um, We are actually going to keep the kids in here with us today. Everybody except the the pre-Ks and the preschools, right? The nursery and toddlers toddlers aren't staying with us. Everybody else is staying with us. So if you're um, older than nursery toddler and younger than youth group, um, uh, in just a minute I'm going to invite all the kids to come and actually sit down here with us in the front, so you've got a great view. So the rest of you guys, you know exactly what to do now. You do it every week, and you do it so well. Turn around and greet somebody this morning in the Lord. Tell them you're glad to see him Kids, take a minute. Come on down front and grab a seat here across the front so that you can see. I think this is going to be a great morning, just an opportunity as a, uh, as a church body to take a little bit of time before we get into the word and just celebrate the great work that the Lord is, uh, is doing. He's always working, amen, and it's just, uh, it's astounding to me that he allows us to partner with him uh, as co-laborers in the ministry that he's doing and uh, that we get to do it not just here where we live, but that he, he'll use us. Uh, and he'll equip us to do it, um, you know, in the uttermost parts. Um, as most of you know, about four years ago or so, um, a few of our most precious families here at, uh, at Regen um, abandoned us just to be obedient to the Lord. And they went down and they've established um, just a, a blessed, blessed ministry down in, um, in Cajamarca, Peru, um, Theres a church planted there, and they do work in and orphanages and all kinds of exciting things. Um, Jan and Stan Petrick um, are one of those families that uh, they're actually the patriarchs of the families that went down uh, to minister down there they 're here with us today, so we're excited to have <laughs> so they're, we're excited to have them and to hear from them um, and they 've uh, prepared a few pictures that we'll take a look at as they uh, as they join us. So let's welcome Jan and Stan this morning. Let's go ahead and roll that.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. We, we are so blessed to be here at our home church. We, uh, we haven't been back for a year, and we don't know when we're going to come back next year. Uh, We've got a lot of things going on in the ministry, and uh, we, we appreciate your prayers, especially your prayers. Uh, not only are we doing the ministry down there, but you guys being up here praying for us are part of the ministry also. And uh, a little bit of what's going on down there. We're, we are actually a church plant. If you go in the bulletin and you look at the bottom, uh, it says the Petricks, the Petricks, the Browers, a church plant. And our church that's been planted from here is growing uh, with the Peruvians. They're stepping up. We have a couple of Peruvian men that are teaching and serving in the children's ministry, we have uh, Peruvian women that are stepping up, and we've grown in the last four years. We've gr- gone from a, lo- a lot of gringos or uh, <laughs> European Americans to Peruvians. You know, we uh, we have probably 50, maybe 60 Peruvians that uh, that come to church on Sunday mornings, and uh, there's only about 12 see. There's 12 in our family, 13, 14, 15, uh, gringos. gringos that uh, <laughs> that serve in our ministry now. So, as uh, Ryan, uh, the pastor, our son, he says he's a Paul, and he's planning he's planning a church there, and we want the Peruvians to take over, you know. And if it's it's easier for them to reach their people than us, their customs are different than ours. Uh, we're starting to get used to their customs, you know, church starts at 10, but we don't get started until 1020 because they're late, you know, it's not like the United States where you, you're five minutes early, you know, so I'll let Jan talk about the women's ministry.
2: Yeah, so we, we ha- do you have a women's ministry, and I'm humbled and honored to get to lead that group. Um these women are growing so much spiritually and it's just such a pleasure to to get to serve them and be part of their lives um, I miss them all <laughs> yesterday we had our women's group and Nicole led them and I guess they had a wonderful time but you could pray for these women they have um, you know like all of us they have their 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 concerns and their prayer needs but they're growing spiritually a lot too. So I'm just blessed to be a part of that. And our, our church, it really is growing, not only in numbers, but just in spiritual growth. Amen. People are, are being saved, but the people that have been saved are, are um, just growing in their walk with the Lord, learning how to, how to live a, a godly life, what that looks like. Um, one of our dear friends, our, my grandson Caleb has a best friend there who's 14 years old. And his mom's one of the women in our church. And she just was telling us the other day, she goes, everybody's watching you guys. Which we know, you know, because it's obvious. But we always kind of, you know. different than they are. Assume assume maybe it's because we look a little bit different. But she says, no, they're watching you. They're watching your lives. They're asking questions. Why are they like this? You know, why do the men carry their stuff? Because that's not, it doesn't happen very much in Peru. Why, Why are the men always with those women, you know? and they're they're asking questions about our lives, so you know it's they're 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 growing're they're, they're learning they're growing, and we're blessed to be there
1: you know we we've been blessed with a couple of teams that have come down just recently, you know the team that came down from this church, global cane outreach uh and they're they're coming down there shows those people that there are other believers in the world that that care for them, not just not just us, but, but all you guys, you know, so we appreciate uh, the team that came down and and, uh, the ministry they did. Uh, We had, uh, well, you guys did uh, Christmas shoe box. And when they came down, there was one little girl that still had her Christmas card that she wanted to meet (coughs) the girls that, that gave them the goodies. You know, because they don't—they don't get a lot of that. You know, at the orphanage, it's a state-run orphanage, and uh, they're pretty regimented what what they get and what 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 they do. You know, and and that was such a blessing, just to see her reaction to you guys yeah. when you came down. She was, she ran
2: right up. Look, where's my girl? I got my card. You know, because you know, she had a picture. So it was it was really neat. And as a result of these teams coming too, God opened some amazing doors. We were able to. Um, go down and minister at the Municipalidad of Cajamarca and now they want us to come back every month and minister to school kids there. With Global Cain, we got to go to the Municipalidad and, and again, and um, get something started there, hopefully with outlying communities also. So God just continues to open doors there and it's just, you know, a blessing to be part of his work.
1: Praise the Lord. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Janet, Stan. And um, you guys will be around afterward, of course, if you, anybody wants more information on what the Lord's doing down there in Peru. And then you'll be back on the 15th, too, right back with us on Sunday the 15th. So you can see them uh, a couple weeks from now. Um, as Stan mentioned, we've had two different teams um, sort of from Regen here that uh, have been down ministering uh, with the Petricks and the Browers just within the last month or so. Um, the first team that went down was kind of a youth team, but it was sort of an expanded youth team. Um, Josh and Erica Shively, who lead our youth ministry, um, had this great idea a year or so ago to uh, not just take the kids on a missions trip over the border into Mexico, but they said, well, let's go a little further. Let's head down to Peru. So no small undertaking, but the Lord really blessed it, and so we're going to hear a little bit about that this morning. Um, Before we do, um, there are some uh, more pictures specifically of that trip that we'll take a look at before we welcome Josh uh, to come up and share with us a little bit about that so pictures away
3: Yeah, isn't it amazing how a man can find himself
4: alone?
3: Calling to the darkness for an answer that he's never known. Yeah, isn't it amazing how a God can take a broken man? Yeah, let him find a fortune, let him ruin it with his own team. He climbs on up the hill On a rock on which he stays, He looks back at the crowd He looks down at his hands And he says I am a difference maker oh, I am a difference maker oh, Darkness for an answer that he's never known. Yeah, isn't it amazing how God take a broken man? Yeah, let him find fortune, let him ruin it with his own two hands. Walks him up the hill to the rock on which he stands. He looks back at the crowd, he looks down at his hand, and he says, I am the difference maker. I am different. Nearly everything I've seen And I have felt the fire get put out by too much gasoline We're all strangers passing through place in town, afternoon, life is but a vision, in a window that we're peeking through, helpless conversation, with a man who says he cares a lot, of passive confrontation, about who might throw a punch or not, we are all transgressors, we're all sinners, we're all astronauts, so if you're beating death, and raise your hand, but shut up, if you're not, because difference maker, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah.
5: As you guys can see uh the trip was amazing uh, it, it really was. Uh, I got the team coming up right now all, uh, all fourteen of us and um, you know it's leading a trip like this, like Bill said, it was no small undertaking um, and getting to go you know planning a, a year or so uh, ahead of time to get everything set to go to Peru. Um, you know our heart going down there was truly uh, to to go down really with with no expectations and uh, no real. Uh, desires of our own in a sense uh our heart was to to, to serve the petricks and browers and the mission down there and to to, to really come alongside and, and really support the mission that god was is already doing there the work that god is already doing there because uh, the spirit is so much bigger than us right it's so much bigger than our church and and i just got to say guys in leading this 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 group um we you know everyone here i was i was blown away and blessed by everybody's heart and um just their desire to serve. I didn't hear complaint out of any of them uh, through all the traveling and through the many and much uh, rice and chicken. Uh, it was uh, it was just, uh, it was an amazing trip and, and far beyond any expectations uh, and the Lord blessed far beyond our prayers. Um, and so, you know, thank you to all of you who were praying and uh, it was just an amazing trip. And so... With that, uh, I got a couple of people that want to share this morning. Um, we're also going to do our drama that that you saw, kind of parts of up there, the sin chair. Uh, and so, uh, if uh, Miguel and Arceli want to come on over, and uh, if the drama team wants to start setting up over there, and, uh, yeah. So this is uh, Miguel and Arceli Mata. Uh, their whole family went actually, Ezekiel and me yeah. and, yeah. and-
6: it's uh, it's too many things um, to talk about it's uh, um, I'm a little too sensitive <laughs> forgive me about it um, uh, it was very um, interesting to for me personally to be uh, in a different country is um, sharing the gospel with with all these uh, new people and um, at the same time, um, God really um, came through with everything um, and uh, even though we um, a lot of times we we think that we 're not really prepared to do his work but um just by trusting in him he uh, he, he was always there for us um, he, he is um, the bible told us you know not to be nervous um, just trust in the Holy Spirit and he will do the work at the same time you, you do you do gotta prepare for these things and uh, i mean I've been a Christian for many 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 years and uh first time for me to go actually and do his work for a week um it's just a little bit um and our part because here in this in this country being being here for so long, um I our life is so busy that we don't um uh, we don't get to spend too much time with the Lord and with other people. Um by going over there it was uh, totally different. Um it was um like every day was uh, everything was um, very, like we used to get up early in the morning and not thinking of nothing else, only serve the Lord and then um, see who, and who we were going to meet. And uh, it was just very oh, um, breathtaking from um, what the Lord was doing in our lives. Um, being with my family, um, some friends here from church, and meeting all kinds of people um, and especially um, not to, uh, even though we have different ba- backgrounds and, and uh, different uh, cultures, but it was very neat that um, God, um, he He loves us anyways. Uh, it doesn't matter what, what color, what race we are, and, and uh, um, I guess... Uh, most of the people that we got in, um, in contact with, um, they know who Jesus was and who the Lord was. And so it was pretty, uh, really neat to actually be useful by the Lord. And during this time, um, my wife, did you want to say anything? To?
7: <laughs> well, um, I just want to thank you guys for praying for us and supporting us um, throughout this trip. It was just really neat to see how God um, just came through and just everything, the details and, um, you know, for a family afford to go on a trip like this. We usually save our money to go to Mexico because my husband's family is there. So. But this year we got to go to Peru, and um, I was just blown away how God um, just took care of pretty much all the money for us. And that, that in itself is just amazing. Um, So thank you guys for prayers and support, and Miguel, well, I know he didn't say a lot, but there's so much that we did in Peru, and um, for me, it was just watching everybody. I felt like I was kind of like the background person, (laughs) just praying for just everybody and just um, watching how God was working, taking lots of pictures, and at first, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here, but okay, I'm here, (laughs) but... um, I just got to see how the Lord worked in my kids and my husband and just all the youth, and that was amazing. You know, to hear Josiah and Ezekiel say their testimony at the skate park was really um, just good to hear. And Miguel made lots of friends, lots and lots of friends. (laughs) He was talking to everybody, you know, and so I felt like the Lord really used him Sometimes we have different gifts within the body, but yeah, Miguel's gift is to evangelize, so I felt like he was doing that, and I I feel like the Lord for me was um, just, I was just in fellowship with the Petricks and the Browers, and just really getting encouragement from Nicole and Stacy and Jan, and just because of the, like, we homeschool our son, and Nicole homeschools her four kids, and Stacy also homeschools in Peru so just being encouraged by that was a big thing for me and um just seeing that the Lord can do so many things even if you don't know the language I mean we did know it but I think Miguel spoke to more people than I did but um God used God used me in different you know areas like he used each one of the the kids and the people that went and I encourage every family to go on a missions trip or every person. Yes. I think it's like you come back and you see people um, with different eyes, or I did anyways. They hug and kiss a lot in Peru. <laughs> and I like, I mean, I hug people, but um, we're from Mexico, and I know they do that there too sometimes. Sometimes people are a little more serious, but uh, in Peru I just felt very, uh, just I loved that. You know, and I think I encourage the body to do that. And when I came back, I was like, I'm hugging everybody. <laughs> so I thought, I don't know about the kissing, but <laughs> the kiss on the cheek, which for some people it can be kind of weird. But um, I just encourage you guys as a body to embrace that. And there's so many, um, sorry, <laughs> I wasn't even going to talk at all. I don't know what happened. Um, just for us i guess we um we love that culture we love our our culture from mexico and we just feel like christians we should be doing that more like loving each other and showing other people that love you know i was encouraged by the even the college kids at the church they would come up to you and just like hug and kiss you i was like whoa you know i don't know how many college age kids do that here <laughs> But uh, just I'm just encouraging you guys to, uh, when do people walk through that door, welcome them, and just love on people. That's what Christ would want us to do.
6: When I when we came back, um, I was thinking. In my in my mind in my head, I was thinking like, I wonder if I if I did really what the Lord wanted me to do like it, it was so much that you know that we could um, I don't know what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times you know you have the moment and and um, it's, I just uh, hope that you know in the future we probably if it's an opportunity to go back and uh, see if we can do anything more than we've done this time um, but thank you so much for your prayers and God bless you
5: All right, so as we uh, move the podium here, uh, we're actually going to do the, the sin, sin chair skit that we got to do all over Cajamarca, Peru, sometimes twice a day. Uh, like like uh, we heard from Santa Jan, we got to do it in a government building, the, the municipal building. Uh, we got to do it in some schools, on the street, kind of everywhere. And so uh, it was uh, probably the most like hard-hitting gospel um, activity that we got to do. Um, we also did like this, the little sin bracelets, the little sin beads. Um, that lead to salvation, um, and then I really didn't know exactly what uh, Don was saying when he preached, but he was preaching, um, and, so, and he gets into it, and so that's really what this would lead into. We would do the skit, uh, and so this actually means sin, so I'm not, they, they always laughed at me when I said pecado, because I, I, I don't sound at all Spanish, um, but uh, we would do the skit, and then Don would get up and use what the skit represents and what it is um, to preach, and, and to then share the gospel. And so uh, I hope you guys enjoy.
4: (laughs) Encuéntrame Hablame, quiero sentirte, quiero escucharte. Eres la luz guiándome. A luz. Que hallo la paz Otra vez Fuerzas me das Que me mantienes Y la esperanza me sostiene, eres la luz de mi alma propósito. tormentas Descanso me das Me tienes en tus manos sin dejar que esto ¿Cómo puedo estar aquí y no ser movido por ti? Explícame cómo podría ser mejor que
8: So so that was the skit. Um, It was really cool for me to watch uh, these kids uh, just, I mean, none of them have acted before, but the Lord really used them in Peru to uh, reach these kids and to reach adults. Um, We went to... We went to a couple different schools. We went to the orphanage. We went to um, a couple of the marketplaces and where traffic would be foot traffic would be frequenting it often and um the experience was kind of different everywhere uh people were people seemed really open it's It's different in Peru because um whereas you know if we were in San Francisco people probably would have just walked right by us or ignored us but um we had a an, a captive audience <laughs> in um in many places and people were watching and they were engaged in it and um that was really neat to watch and the kids seemed really um really interested in it also uh it was fun to watch them laugh and to to kind of like uh, giggle at the funny parts but the best part was when they were all answering uh, Don would uh, stand up there and talk to them about the gospel, and he would ask them different questions about the skit, you know, about sin or, you know, who's, sa- who's the only person who can, who's the only thing that can save you from from sin, and it's Jesus Christ. And it was so cool to, to listen to all the kids answer that, um, and uh, just, it was a blessing to be in the squares and uh, and think that, you know, nobody, maybe nobody's listening, or, but, I remember um, sitting down after the skit was done and listening to Don speak Spanish to everybody, and you could just feel the Holy Spirit in that place. Uh, Everybody was engaged, and um, it was neat to be able to talk to everybody after, you know, just we would all kind of wander around and just see um, who the Lord called us to speak to, and all of us at some point, I think, found somebody that we felt. The Lord wanted us to speak to and we were able to kind of share with them or pray for them or uh, With the little Spanish that w- any of us knew or I would grab Yasmine and be like, hey <laughs> Tell these people <laughs> that God loves them and I want to pray for them in English and yeah so That's it
9: Hello um, <laughs> Just going to share a little bit of my perspective. Um, as you guys know, uh, we took, Josh and I, we took Eliana and Seth with us. Eliana is eight and Seth is six. And uh, this is the first missions trip that they've done outside of the U.S. Um, we've always taken them uh, street witnessing. Eliana's been to the Tenderloins when she was only nine months old. Josh and I, when we went to Honduras, we decided not to take them because they were real little then. And um, so this was a new experience for us as far as bringing our kids along. And just as Araceli said, I I greatly encourage you guys, if you ever feel called to a mission strip, don't hesitate to take your kids. Um, You really get to see the faith of a child come alive, you know. And for Ellie and Seth, I think the best thing about taking them was the fact that they really had no expectation other than we're going to go and we're going to serve and we're going to share Jesus. And yeah. Um, Of course, Eliana had a little bit of anxiety about the plane. It was the first plane ride ever. So, of course, that's always, you know, nerve wracking. Seth, like travel companion. Oh, my gosh. um, Totally threw me off and amazed me. But um, in all of this, you know Josh and I our desire for our family is to really just continue to um, continue to step out in faith you know with the Lord and to not uh, sorry, I'm nervous, not to uh, just take that step back and go, well, we have the young ones, and so we need to make sure that they're taken care of. Yes, that's a great concern to have as as a grandparent, as a parent, as even just a sibling. But in all honesty, if the Lord is calling you out, and he's calling you out, even out of your comfort zone, take that step of faith. Not only because it's obedience to the Lord, but also because you really get to see the Lord come alive. Um, It's no longer just something that you practice at home or something that you hear about in church. It then comes alive, and God's word is alive. It's breathing. It's uh, constantly coming true. And um, for me and the family... Because as Josh said, that we really didn't have any expectation going on this trip as far as here's a new country that we've never been to. We've never prepared a trip like this by ourselves before. We've always had um, another couple that was fully leading um, or another team uh, member that's done it before, and so we were kind of piggybacking with them. As far as me and Josh leading this team, creating the fundraisers, and just organizing a lot of it, that was really intimidating for us, and yes, we grew a lot, but it was also very intimidating and a lot of stress at times. Um, but really, the whole point of missions trips is not how much work can I do? How much can I accomplish when I'm there? How much can our team accomplish? We should be able to do you know, this, 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 and this with a group this size. So if we can double that, then imagine how much more work we can get done. Literally, our hearts are supposed to be unto the Lord. Father, what do you want us to do? We're available, we're here, we want to serve. And in this instance, we had the Browers and Petricks. We were so excited to go and just encourage, to lift up and come alongside them and support what they were doing. And it was very neat for us to really see um, them reaching out to the community and the community being receptive and um, responding. Um, Yes, we got to go out to a couple different cities, you know, Cajamarca, and uh, uh, they have the zoo, which I can't even remember what city that was in. But um, for the most part, their hearts are for their community. And so to come alongside them and to really just have this heart of, we have a couple things that we want to do, but really what do you guys want us to do? Um, I believe that that was the best attitude that we could have had. And God really did come through, and we, like Jan and Stan were saying, There are doors that are opening now, the community doors, um, schools just saying, come back, please, come back. Yes, a couple doors did close, but other ones would open up that same day. It was really neat. So the scripture that I really sat on and meditated on, and I would love to share it with you guys because I believe that this, if you're not called to ministry or um, missionary work, this is still a scripture that you can apply to yourself and you can still see the Lord come alive and do an amazing work right where you're at it's psalm 62 verse 5 it says my soul waits silently for god alone for my expectation is from him and in all honesty you guys as josh was saying we had no expectations we could have become anxious about oh our group is not big enough oh we don't have enough we're not doing enough um i could have become very anxious for my kids i did pack a couple boxes of mac and cheese because i wasn't sure you know (laughs) If they were going to be eating a whole lot, Honduras, it's everything is mixed with lard. In Peru, everything is rice and chicken, (laughs) with a couple things, you know, other things on the side. But um, I could have become very anxious, very, very easily. I could have um, fretted and stressed big time. A lot of members in our team could have done the same exact thing. And in all honesty, just handing all over to the Lord, allowing the Lord to be my expectation. It was really the best form of attitude that I could have had going on this trip. And, again, this is something that you can apply to every aspect of your life because when we wait upon the Lord and we expect him to answer us, you're going to get the best, right? So um, I know we're kind of rushing through it, but if you ever have any questions or you want to hear more, I know our team is willing to answer.
7: Thank (laughs) you.
0: What a, uh, what a blessed time, and as Erica mentioned, lots of different doors opening up down there for the ministry, and one of them, um, we have another ministry here at this church that, uh, that we support prayerfully and um, you know, through encouragement. It's a ministry called Global Cane Outreach, and it's a ministry that distributes canes and training for uh, sight-impaired, vision-impaired um, people all over the world. And um, we're blessed this morning to have one of our very own Super Saints. Bevy is here this morning to share with us. They had a trip. uh, The last couple days of the youth trip was the first couple days of a uh, a Global Cane outreach trip to uh, Peru. So they crossed paths for a couple days there. And then I think the Global Cane team went on to Bolivia after that. So anyway, welcome, Bevy, for a couple minutes to share what the Lord's doing there.
10: me go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be talking this morning. I just found out. And uh, so I came in incognito this morning without a cane, without a dog. But I got my favorite guide from Peru. So <laughs> it, it all worked out. <laughs> um, we had a magnificent scent team. Uh, speaking of uh, afraid to be too small, we were only four. But but God had it covered with all four of us. And um, our our biggest thing in um, Peru, aside from going alongside the Petricks and the Browers, and it's always just a blessing just to be there with them and, and to serve with them and um, to be a part of their lives and what they do there. And uh, and when we went to uh, the – what's it called, the building? In- oh, the Municipalidad. Yeah, I, I was – call it something else but anyways (laughs) um they just kept saying oh my gosh you guys you don't understand how big this is you don't understand how and oh my goodness gracious there was this big ceremony and we were on tv and radio and um newspaper (laughs) and uh they gave us a plaque and um, they have pictures of myself and not the mayor but the the guy they sent in his place and um you know, I told them the story of Global Cane Outreach, and anyways, it was just totally awesome. And after that, we were able to uh, train fourteen of the blind people that had come, all the way from seven years old on up. And um, and then Don gave the, you know, the, um, talked about the Bible and and talked about Jesus, and we gave out the talking Bibles. And the, one of the things that the the man that filled in for the mayor had said was that uh, Cajamarca is the first place that global cane outreach has come to in the country of Peru and they feel really honored about that and so they want to make sure that canes get to all the people in their area to blind people um, and that they can't afford to buy the canes but they can afford to do the you know do the transportation and stuff and so that was just a real blessing because for me that's where my heart is is to reach the blind people out in the country who can't get to um schools or any kind of cane training or or any kind of biblical training either so we'll be sending canes home with this wonderful group of people we've trained a lot of sighted people in peru now um to uh to train with blind people and teach them how to use canes and stuff and so god is just really stepping into that area and growing that area and so, um, after that, the very next day we took off for Peru, not knowing what in the world was going to happen to us. In per- and I mean, in Bolivia, because we had just a heck of a time trying to get into that country, and um, it exploded. Of uh, you know, oftentimes the devil really tries to keep us out, but he couldn't, and we went. And um, uh, uh, we met uh, the very first day a pastor Apaza. He's a blind pastor who has a church with a blind worship leader and a mostly blind congregation. And the first night we uh, went to an area there we could walk to and met with a few of the blind people in which we gave the Bibles to. And this one man was so elated to have a talking Bible that he was crying so hard he couldn't hardly talk. It was just very touching um, to be able to, um, you know, help the blind, help the. Bible come alive to blind people. And, uh, and then we went to a, a di- where they hold their church regularly. And one day we tra- trained 24 blind people. That was total craziness. We only had one person that was an interpreter for us. And she kept saying, Oh, I wish Dawn would have come with <laughs> us. <laughs> Cause it, you know, everywhere you could hear Molly, Molly, Molly. Um, But we did it, we trained, and then the next day we trained 17, and um, uh, it was just totally amazing. We went to Bolivia. Between the two countries, we gave away um, 79 canes and 48 talking Bibles. So, yeah. Um, The last day that we were, um, not well, before we left, we went to a different city Cochabamba but before that we had the day before that we had lunch at the pastor's house and I had asked the daughter if she would pray his daughter she cited to pray about whether she would like to represent global cane outreach and take the canes and the talking bibles out to the blind people in the country and she immediately said that she wanted to she didn't need to take time to pray about it and so we have a lead there, um, which I'm very excited about, and, um, and of course, the Talking Bibles. And um, and then we went to Cajamarca, which um, is – we fl- well, two of us flew there. Two of us took a, a bus ride there. And there we um, just had one full day, but we went to a blind school there. It was really an awesome blind school. Um, but the people have to pay to go to this school, and they have to pay um, – for the canes uh so they don't they don't get things free like we do in this country blind people that is and um so the the one thing that was really awesome is that we got told about and then we got to meet this blind man who actually makes canes there and um i I, we haven't had our board meeting yet so i don't know exactly what's going to end up happening but the thought is is that instead of sending canes over to them that we actually could send the money to this blind man um, to make the canes, to give to the blind people, and then that way we can help support a blind person too. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really a really awesome connection too. And so all in all, God just um, really blessed us and um, through us blessed a lot of of people. And I have to learn Spanish if I'm going to keep going back. <laughs> But anyways, it was absolutely awesome. And um, I encourage any of you that, uh, actually, I'm going to encourage any of you that want to work with Global Cane Outreach to please come up and talk to me. Um, and any of you that, like it said before, that want to go on a mission trip. There's just nothing like it. I mean, God, we go to bless people, and God blesses us so much when we're blessing people that it, it's phenomenal. So thank you. Okay.
5: Uh, church, what an awesome morning. All right, kids, go ahead and go to your, your classes uh, to get your lesson for the rest of the morning. Uh, so as awesome as this morning has been and, and all this mission work and, and just everything that you guys help you know produce and pray over and, and support, uh, it's nothing without the Word of God, right? All right, So grab a Bible in front of you guys and uh, turn to James chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. I've probably only got like 15 minutes if I push it. Uh, I might get Bill, you know, throwing his fist at me. Uh, but, you know, it's important that we get to the Word of God. It's important that we get fed on a Sunday morning. And so James chapter 1, starting in verse 26, guys. You know, like we've been talking about always blessed, always blessed to, to teach, you know, to teach the Word of God, whether here in Santa Cruz or Cajamarca, Peru, or, or somewhere else around the world, guys. It's it's all about the Word of God. It's all about sharing the gospel with uh, sharing the gospel with other people and, and letting them know the hope that's in Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what it's about. And we as Christians, uh, you know, church, this, this is what we're about, is sharing, sharing Jesus, is sharing the word of God, uh, sharing that love, sharing that grace with the world. It, it literally can be in a sense where we have, we have the cure to cancer. And if we're not the ones sharing it, if we're not the ones out letting the world know and, and loving those around us, uh, whether in our own neighborhoods, uh, our, our county or state or world, then, then who's going to do it? You know, and, and when you go on a mission trip like that, you get to see other believers in other parts of the world. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel, is it can penetrate into any culture, into any civilization, into any type of, of, of world economy. The gospel can. The gospel of Jesus Christ can. And, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And so as we move from from talking about Peru and talking about the Global Cane Outreach. And turning to James chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 this morning, uh, what I want to hit on real quick, guys, are these two points, these two points that James outlines for us, that I really believe that if we look at these two points in verse 26 and 27, uh, we can not only live a more powerful uh, daily Christian walk, guys, but our walk will be something that that people will want to strive for. Our walk will be something that people will see, and, and want to strive for and want to be better in their own Christian walk, or even a, a worldly person, someone who hasn't accepted Christ yet, will look at your walk and go, what, what is different about that person? Why, why would I want that faith they have? And when they look at your life, if we look at these two examples in James, I really believe that the truth of this um, is straight from the heart of Jesus. As James, as James preaches this to the Jews in the first century, I really believe that he's taking this straight from the heart of Jesus, these two verses, And so James chapter one, verse 26 and 27, it says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we just offer up this entire morning to you. All the testimonies, God, that, that you, Lord, uh, put in the hearts of, of your body, Lord, of your people. God, from the skit, Lord, to, to the Global Clean Outreach. Lord, everything that you're doing here, God, we offer it up to you. Lord, we give to you because, God, it's not our work. Lord, it's not, not, it's not our work ever, but it's your work through your church, God. So now as we open your word, Lord, that, your word that's real and true. Lord, it's, it's, it's your word to us. It's how you speak to us, God. Let us take it in. God, let us leave this place a little bit closer to you. A little bit, Lord, more like you today, Father. So we thank you and praise you for this time. We give you this time, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So James here, guys. James. Now, this first section of James, really the outline of James, if you go back to chapter, or verse 19 of chapter 1, he says here that we need to be, be quick to listen, right? Quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to wrath, right? Now, this section here is, is still his, his quick to listen, okay? And verse 26 is, is he goes from listening to doing, okay? Now, James writes this in this, this quick to listen. We need to be quick to hear, right? Because he, he wants us to hear it, right? The old adage, how many ears do you have and how many mouths do you have, right? So you better listen twice as much as you speak, Right. And James here, he wants us to understand that these two things that he writes out in, in verse 26 and 27 are something that we really need to hear. Because these two verses are the examples of not just being a hearer of the word, not just coming to church on a Sunday and a Wednesday and hearing the word, but actually walking out of this place and being a doer of it in your daily jobs, and your daily walk, the schools you go to, the life that you live, the barista that makes your coffee in the morning, the, the things that you do daily. This is, this is where we become doers and not just hearers. Right? This is, this is where it comes. Now, verse, verse 26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious, right? James gives this example. If anyone thinks you're religious, right? If, if, if you look at your life, and, and earlier he uses the example of looking in the mirror, and you look at your life and you think you're religious, right? Now, this term religious, guys, uh, James just explained that, that real religion is not shown by hearing the word, but by doing it, okay? One way, that, one way to do God's word is to bridle the tongue. So James then, he says, so if you think you're religious, we look in that mirror, we look at ourselves, and then he uses this tongue, he says, he says here, uh, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. Now the tongue, like, James goes into it more as we go through the book, but the tongue can be something very small in our life, it can be something very, very trivial in a sense. But really, if we think we're religious, and we can look in the mirror and go, okay, I'm, I'm I'm a religious person, I'm a Christian, right, I go to church, I pay my tithes, but man, can, I, can I, I talk like a sailor? Man, can I gossip with the best of them? Man, can I, can, I, can I tear somebody down with my tongue? James here wants to give us a very practical and real uh, example of being a doer of the word and not just a hearer. This is the first example we get in verse 26 is the tongue. He says, thinks he's religious, right? The New Testament really never in the ancient Greek uses this term religion in a positive way. We can see this in the book of Acts several times, chapter 17, chapter 25, chapter 26, and also in Colossians chapter 2, verse 23. Whenever we see this term religion, it's never in a positive. James used it here of someone who is religious, but is not really right with God. And this is evident because he does not bridle the tongue. Okay? The tongue, guys, is his first example of being a doer, not just a hearer. Think about it. Think about if, if, if you struggle with your tongue, if you struggle with the words you say, the way you talk about people, and you were to really dedicate that to the Lord. You were really to hear this message this morning and go, okay, my tongue needs to be taken under control, needs to be bridled. And you were to go back to your jobs, you were to go back to the people you're around daily in your, in your sphere that God has put you in, and you were to change that. You were to stop cussing. You were to stop talking bad about people. You were to stop tearing people down. Stop the gossip. And then start to lift people up, start to edify, start to encourage, start to hold your tongue a little more. Think of just that example you would have to the people around you. This one's religious is useless. James says in in 26, he says, this one's religion is useless. Your walk with God is useless if it it does not translate into the way you live and the way you treat others. See, he's trying to give us this first example of being a doer, that if our if our tongues are not bridled, this is a little example, we can go out. We can we can go broader than that, can't we? If I look at my own life and go, Okay, Josh, what other things can you can you set, can you bridle to show people the example of God? But James just gives us James just gives us this one example of the tongue. And really, guys, if we can come to church and we can tithe and we can we can act like a Christian, put the bumper sticker on our car, right? All those things. But something as small as our tongue is not bridled. Our religion is useless. And see, religion itself is not a bad thing, but where James here and, and where it's used in the other parts of the New Testament, really to, to be an example of, of the religious leaders of those times, the Jewish leaders who, who were all about outward expression, all about outward religion, they, they, were, they were to a T the ceremonies, but inwardly, morally, they were corrupt. Their religion was useless, right? Continuing on, verse 27, the second example that James gives us is, as he goes, he goes, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. Here's his second example, pure and undefiled religion before God. There is a great deal of pure and undefiled religion in the sight of men that is not pure and undefiled religion before God. His second example here to us is that, that if, our, if, if we look at something as small as the tongue, and we move on to our actions. We move on to the, what, what our life represents. And if it's not something that, that really strikes the heart of God, if it's not something that we would see Jesus himself doing, then really it may be a good thing, but is it really showing the love of Christ? So many times we do things as, as Christians, so many times we do things as, uh, with, within our church, and within our religion, within our faith, that may be good things, right? But really is it, is it striking the heart of God? Are we doing the things that Jesus did? Are we really getting out there into the world? Are we really showing those who, I mean, all the way back, and we go all the way back to Ezekiel, it talks about how, how the widows and the orphans were the, the lowest of classes, the most unprotected, or the most taken advantage of. And it really hasn't changed some 5,000 years later, has it? And so we look at this, and James gives us a second example, and he says, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world, he continues on. A real walk with God shows itself in simple, practical ways. It helps the needy and keeps itself unstained by the world's corruption. The thing about this Christianity, the thing that we need to look at here in these two examples, is that our walk, what Christ calls us to, is daily practical faith in him. Daily practical outflowing of that faith to others around us. And the reason I believe the Lord brought me to this message this morning, brought me to these two verses on a morning like this morning, when 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 we're just talking about missions and we're talking about reaching the lost, we're talking about going out and giving of yourself. The thing is, guys, I'm never called to save your soul. You are never called to save somebody's soul. That's the working of the spirit and that alone. Right? But what I'm called to be is an example. Paul said, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I, I I read that for years thinking, man, that is a private thing to say. Now that I have kids, Now that I got some a couple years under my belt and being a Christian, I understand that that people really look at me. They look at you. They wonder why is that person a Christian. And the fact is, from these two examples, we can really gather in the heart of Jesus. Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse thirty-one through forty. I'll read it here just because of time's sake. This is Jesus saying. uh, He's talking about the kingdom to come. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him. Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed to my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I am hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we, when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly I said to you, and as much as you did to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. We see here what James is giving us in chapter one, verse 26 and 27 is straight from the heartstrings of Jesus. Spurgeon quoted, he said, The biblical ritualism, the pure uh, external worship, the true embodiment of the inward principle of religion is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Charity and purity are the two great garments of Christianity. James then finishes with this last saying, unspotted from the world. The idea is not that a Christian retreats away from the world, instead they interact with orphans and widows in their trouble and others such in their need. The Christian ideal is not to retreat from the world. They are in the world. They are not of the world. They remain unspotted from the world. And of course, John chapter 17, verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world, Jesus says. We look at this, we look at these two verses and, and as much as they can be just verses that we can read by this morning, as much as we could just read over them, and go, okay, that's what missionaries do. That's what what some Christians do. Church, brothers and sisters, it's to every one of us. Our daily life has to be this. Our daily life has to be an outflowing one, or else the world has no reason to come in here. With these two truths now soaking into our hearts and our minds, let's not leave here just saying, okay, what's for lunch? But let's leave here really saying, okay, Jesus, what you have for me in chapter 25 of Matthew, it's supposed to be real. And it's supposed to show me what true religion's about. These two examples show us that, that really, not only what false religion is, but that a true religion in this life speaks into the next. Now this morning, as we, as we have, have the worship team come up, we're going to do communion this morning. Um, now, with this communion, guys, you're just going to take it back to your seat and you're going to do it, do it on your own. We're not going to do it together as a body. And the fact is, guys, that as as you do communion this morning, it's, it's really meant to bring us back to, to who Jesus is. And it's made, meant to bring us back to, to who we are in him. Now, this communion, guys, is 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 nothing to be taken lightly, just like this walk. Just like as we call ourselves Christians this morning as, as you call yourself a, a believer in jesus it 's never to be taken lightly, but it 's meant to be true it 's meant to be real, and as you take that bread as you take that, that grape juice, let that be let that soak into your time right now, let that soak into your heart and mind of what Jesus did for you and what you 're supposed to be doing to the world, what you 're supposed to be doing for the world in his name. maybe this morning 's the first time like you've really taken a moment in the last week or the last month, maybe the first time in this year, that you've really said, okay, Jesus, you died on that cross for me. Now what's my job for you? James later on says in chapter 2, faith without works is dead. Not that we're ever saved by our works, but that if our faith does not have a work behind it, then it's dead. And so this morning as we come up, as as Mike plays and you come up and you you take these, this offering, take it back to your seat, take a moment, and just, just talk to Jesus. Ask him the things in your life that need to be bridled like that tongue. Ask him the things in your life that need to be honed down so that you can be that example to those around you. And as you hear things about a mission trip like this morning, you know if that's a resonating in your heart, if there's a heart string going on getting pulled there, don't walk away from it becoming calloused. But ask the Lord, where can you step out? Who are the orphans and widows in your life that God has asked you to reach to? Father, we come before you right now and we thank you It's for what you're doing in us, the work that you have for us, Lord, how important this life is to us, Lord, and how important it is to you that, that mankind, humanity, Lord, men and women are of the utmost importance to you because they were worth the, your death on the cross. You loved the whole world. You loved your creation so much that you gave yourself for it. And we remember that this morning as we take the the bread and as we take the, the blood, Lord, your body and your blood this morning. Lord, help us to remember that our lives are not our own. That we are no longer, Lord, who we were, but we are a new creation in you, bought with your blood, bought with your body on that cross. I pray right now, Lord, that, that, God, if there's anything in this room that needs to be convicted, if there's anyone in this room that has sin, a habitual sin in their life, God, that they would be convicted of that. They would find no joy until their hearts and their minds are right with you again. Lord, that there would be confession amongst this body. There would be a confession amongst this church, Lord, and forgiveness and grace. So right now, as, as, as the worship team plays, Lord, and, and people come up and get their, get their bread and their, their juice, God, speak to their hearts. Spirit, I ask and I pray that you would come down and you would just indwell hearts and minds right now. Don't let anyone in this room leave. Lord, it's even a little bit changed, God. We just thank you for this time. We give you this morning, Jesus, in your name.